This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. Today, I'm here with David Witt and with Russell Stendhal. David Witt is a CEO of SOM International. Russell Stendhal is an author. He's the editor of the Jubilee Bible. He produces content for Latin American Christian broadcasting, and he's also the director of SOM Latin America. Now, David, I want to start with you. You and I have talked about this fact that there are some organizations during COVID that have had an incredibly difficult time keeping their doors open, ministries that have just struggled, and others have been thriving during these this season of COVID-19. David, what would you attribute some of those struggles to? What would you attribute the success of some organizations to? And why does there seem to be such a difference between those who are successful during this time and those who are struggling tremendously during this time. Yeah, I certainly haven't put this down to methodology or scientific research or anything, but I, you know, in my mind kind of estimate, I, it feels like 80% of, you know, institutional churches and, uh, and, and organizations and on and on have really struggled through COVID. They've struggled to keep cohesiveness, struggled to keep people encouraged, uh, struggled with revenue flow to keep things going. I mean, you know, many organizations and churches have uh, had to even shut down. Uh, they're, they're, they've cut back. And so it's truly been a pruning process. And God, with this global pandemic, has shaken uh, your foundations to expose, um, you know, what is in the foundation and what what people are really dependent upon. And it's making people now, I think, reevaluate. And it's been a, it's really a good thing. You know, God has sanctified church. He prunes those who are faithful. But 20 percent have flourished. I mean, have grown in you know numbers of impact and in the in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, and we've been blessed because we work with such clean hearts and credible witnesses around the world and in in a network in the United States that we've been a part of seeing the Lord really flourish in, in amazing ways. And we just feel like so much God's grace. And uh, and Russell's you know leading so much of that. And I've seen Russell lead well. And, you know, the biggest difference I saw was those who led through COVID and those who reacted through COVID. And, and Russell had, had had some great conversations about that. Uh, and Russell, you've certainly, you know, seen that in many ways. I don't know if you could think of a story right now that you think exemplifies where people or yourself had to make a choice between reacting or leading with COVID. And I'd love for you to address that and encourage you know, our listening uh, audience, our partners right now, in what that looks like when you really decide to lead instead of react. Well, yeah, we saw it in different uh, ways. You know, we saw irrational fear come over people. And when you make decisions based on irrational fear, that's not the fear of God, those decisions, of course, are not going to um, um, turn out well. And so the people that had to have the people in the meeting in order to uh, twist your arms and, you know, I hate to say it, fleece the sheep, uh, that all came to an end. And uh, they tried to do it virtually, but it wasn't the same. And they're, you know, some of these very large, um, what I used to call prosperity gospel operations and others, many of them bit the dust financially. And mm -hmm. especially if they built big institutions and had it leveraged in debt and couldn't meet their debt payments. Or even the Roman Catholic Church in Colombia said that, you know, when they weren't able to conduct their Holy Week celebrations for two years in a row, that they've been so damaged financially that it will take at least 15 or 20 years for them to come out financially after this 
if it if if they do are able to come out. And so, uh, serious financial blows. But we found the opposite. We we continued with what God was putting in our heart to do, and continued uh, to reach out on the internet and on, and and I never turned down any uh, you know trips that I could make or or meetings that we could actually go to. You know, people were willing to go to the meeting and want to hear, but we went ahead with it, even though our regular meetings had to be, um, you know, couldn't couldn't be continued. And we continued our, you know, going out in remote rural areas, and we continued the, with radio stations, and the giving went way up. And uh, we've never had giving like this before. And in months, you know, like the summer months when giving is normally low, it, it was high. And so I, I don't really know how to explain it other than, uh, you know, we were just not, not afraid of the COVID, but we were uh, in a healthy fear of the Lord that we wanted to, uh, the Lord to uh, be pleased with what we're doing and had a, you know, we, we wanted the Lord to be happy with the way we're doing things. And the Lord honored that. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit about what God has been doing specifically with uh, Bibles for Venezuela. And if I remember back over the last uh, few months, there's been some doors that have opened up as far as you getting Bibles across the border into Venezuela that have been closed before and that being a new opportunity. But we're also coming up to our break. So I think I want to go to a break real quick and then we'll come back. And I'd like to, to hear a little bit about how God has given you opportunity to get these Bibles into the hands of God's people. We are all the time encouraging people to be part of that. So when we get back, let's go and talk a little bit about Bibles for Venezuela. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt, the CEO of SOM International, and with Russell Stendahl. He's the director of SOM Latin America. Now, uh, we've been talking a lot on this show about Bibles for Venezuela and this hope, this vision that we've had of getting 2 million Bibles into the country. And some of that has to do with what you were talking about, Russell. We have the prosperity gospel that is not biblically solid. We have the Roman Catholic Church, which sometimes is taking the gospel or the Bibles away from God's people and not trying to get it into their hands. Historically, they've done that. So tell me a little bit about the opportunities that you've seen God open up for Bibles for Venezuela during this uh, time of COVID and shutdown. Well, Venezuela was already in a free fall economically, and COVID, of course, didn't help anything. And so, um, you know, the dire situation, people all over the country didn't have enough to eat, everything being scarce. But the thing they wanted the most was Bibles, and they couldn't get any. And uh, the Lord started using us to help meet that need. And uh, those Bibles went in. You know, it causes situations that you wouldn't even anticipate. Like, for instance, a Bible in Venezuela right now is worth more than a year's wages on the black market. Wow. And people are starving to death. And a lot of pastors spend high percentage of their time, maybe even 90% of their time, trying to make sure the weaker members of their congregation don't physically starve to death. Rallying, you know, people that have enough or maybe even slightly more than enough and trying to make even that all out to make sure that nobody falls through the cracks. That's that's the life of the average pastor right now in Venezuela. And so um, 
you give somebody a Bible and difficult choice, they could sell it and get a year's wages <laughs> or they can use it and study it. So what are you going to do? Uh, Russell, let me ask you this question. This is a question we get quite often um, on on my side of things when we're raising money for this. People actually ask us this question. I'm not saying hypothetically. They will literally ask us this question. They're like, why are you giving them Bibles when you should be giving them food? Uh, how, how would you respond to that? Well, we give them food, too. If, if, we're, if we have resources where we can put food in there, we do that, too. And But food's liable to get ripped off in these innumerable roadblocks you know it's hard to make sure the food's going to get to the where you really want it to go but it's much easier to get the bibles to where we want them to go and the full bible has a lot of respect even from the communists even i mean nobody wants to mess with the bible it's just like a sacred thing and once you mention the bible there's just an awe and um wait you know nobody messes with it they don't they, they don't fool around and they take it extremely seriously so going in there with bibles is, is a really big deal and um, Lord has set it up so those Bibles go in and uh, so that they're used. And there's a supernatural element that God has given a lot of dreams and visions, even to non-Christians, even to, you know, rebel fighters and other things. You know, they'll have a dream, but they'll see a vision. And in the vision, they see God. And he says that he's going to return his blessing to Venezuela and that the sign is that he's sending them the Bible. And Interesting. The Bibles that they see aren't just any Bible. There are Bibles, clearly, unmistakably, are Bibles. And so right, when they right. see these Bibles, they break into tears. Well, so you said before that people are given a very difficult choice between selling the Bible and getting some money they can buy food with or keeping the Bible. And you, you ask kind of, you know, hypothetically, what do you think they're doing? Well, let me ask you literally, what are they doing? <laughs> are they selling these Bibles or are they reading them? Well, we've had to modify our whole... Our, we're modif we've had to modify our whole thing so that we do not hand out boxes of Bibles, not even to pastors, because it could be just too big of a temptation. We have trusted personnel, and the orders are you take these Bibles. If some pastor wants them, you know, take them to his congregation, and we personally pass out to each person their Bible. If we go into a military installation, we just don't hand it to the commanding officer. We, we pass them out to the men and women that are there. We make sure each person gets their Bible so no one is able to begin commerce with a box or more of Bibles. If somebody wants to sell a Bible, they've got the Bible they were given, and if they sell it, then they don't have a Bible. And um, But the Bible will end up in the hands of somebody that really wanted it. And so the average wage over there is only 4 or $5 a month. Wow. That's the average wage. Wow. And the Bible is worth 50 or 60 bucks on the black market. Yeah, Russell, I want, to, I want to jump in for both of us again to really point out and highlight the leadership principle here. A few things Russell says have been profound. I mean, one is even the priorities of the heart of a leader. A leader who's with a clean heart, influencing for righteousness' sake, obviously they're going to choose the sacrifice to, to hold on to the Bible because it's like the Holy Spirit has allowed for that choice of do I gain a year's wages or do I gain God's word? And so that's, that's right. really testing the heart where the, you know, where the heart is, where the treasure is. And, uh, and so the Lord's refining in that way. 
And then, you know, I want to point out too, is just the leadership of Russell here because Russell could have easily reacted to, Hey, we don't have uh, a reservoir. I mean, well, you know, SOM international USA, uh, you know, Russell, uh, Columbia, all that we have in common, we don't hold up reserves. We don't have foundation. It's we trust the Lord to bring it in and go out. Well, easily as COVID has started and, you know, things have financially was unsure, especially in the beginning, we could have reacted, go, okay, no spending for, you know, a non-essentials for a year until or until we get a pandemic. And and none of these, uh, none of these things would have happened. None of these Bibles would have got out because there's no way we could ex- extended ourselves, you know, out on a limb. And yet, because Russell was willing to trust the Lord, use the resources in front of us. We've seen God multiply that. It's like as it's gone out of the hand, right hand, it's coming to the left hand. And, and it's and to me, it's it, Russell's inspired me and encouraged me in my own leadership to truly be generous, to trust the Lord, and to do the work, not be distracted. Well, hey, uh, Russell, give us an update. We put out a newsletter not that long ago that had a it had a picture of a freighter coming in with <laughs> with containers on it. Did the container get? to Venezuela? How many Bibles are we at? You know, we were shooting for two million. How, how are we coming along on that challenge? Well, the container ship got to the Colombian port. It was congested. There was all kinds of trouble, but our stuff got through. The first container load has made it to Bogota and out to eastern Colombia is presently in a river launch headed for the Venezuelan border. The second container is arriving at Bogota and they're going to send a second river launch down the line with that one, along with a whole bunch of Bibles in different Indian languages that we've been able to how uh, many, print. How many Bibles are in a container, Russell? Uh, 28,000. 28,000. So that's, that's 50 plus thousand Bibles have just arrived. And yeah. and how many how many Bibles have gotten to the country so far during this Bibles for Venezuela campaign? Well, if you add these ones that we've just done with the Indian Bibles and everything, it's now well over 300,000. That's incredible. And it, it wasn't that long ago that we started. And I started out with a million, you know, goal. And then uh, uh, a friend of mine, a friend, and the friend of David went out there and he looked at the situation. And he said, no, 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 it's two million. You need to do two million as your goal. And so uh, then I was speaking, you know, after the Promise Keepers thing in Dallas, I was speaking at a local church there and he was sitting in the third row and I was telling about this thing and the goal of two million and, the same guy held up three fingers. He said, it's too low. It's got to be three million. So three million Bibles would put a Bible in the hands of every, one out of every wow. 10 Venezuelans. Yeah, and only the Lord knows. the And, and God's so generous that wouldn't it be the heart of God to get a Bible in every Venezuela? And um, what, 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 Russell, what is the population there? I, I forget this. Roughly I think 30, million, 40 million. 30 million. 30 million, yeah. 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 So 30 million. There you go. <laughs> and we've done 300,000, Yeah. Well, it's probably time for us to wrap up this show. We want to encourage you as you step out and as you step out to support those who are trying to lead those who are risking much for Jesus. Uh, At Risk Radio invites you to be part of those who are risking much for the Lord. Uh, You can get involved by subscribing to our newsletter. Every month, there's a special section in there for Latin America, these full-color newsletters. They come out, they feature stories and pictures from Russell Stendhal and others who are risking much on the front lines for the gospel. You can sign up for the newsletter at atriskradio.com. Now, as an aside, I'd also encourage you to go to biblesforvenezuela.com. Bibles for Venezuela is where you can donate money, $5, $10, a $1 million, to uh, this uh, this goal of getting 
3 million, maybe more Bibles into Venezuela. And we would love to have you part of that challenge. Well, uh, lastly, At Risk Radio and SOM International are crowdfunded ministries. We're supported as you sign up to be a monthly donor, as you buy books in our bookstore. Russell has several books, many, many books in our bookstore. And if you want to find those, you can go to SOM's bookstore at spiritofmartyrdom.com. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.